Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On for 20% off your first order. That's BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On. Everybody. Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Monday, February 22nd, 2021. Thank you for tuning in today. Some Tigers news I do want to discuss today. They made a signing on Friday that I'm going to talk about. In segment number two, number two I'm going to talk about Miguel Cabrera because there was a, a bit of a scuttlebutt on Tigers Twitter over the weekend regarding you know, how fair it is to criticize him for how he's performed over the last several seasons. I want to discuss all of that, but I do want to start off by talking about the fact that the Tigers made a signing on Friday, and this moved pretty fast because on Friday there were reports that were coming out that the Tigers were interested in a potential Rick Porcello reunion, and I was freaking out about that. And now, like, I, I try not to be this petty, but I'll be I'll be real here, as I, as I always am. I've never liked Rick Porcello. I've never liked Rick Porcello. I and I, as a guy, I'm sure he's wonderful. I, I'm just speaking a, as a pitcher. But I've never liked him as a pitcher. I, I I don't think there's anybody in baseball that has gotten as much smoke blown up their butt for being as perpetually mediocre as he has been. This is a guy who's had three good seasons, like two really good seasons. Didn't deserve the Cy Young that he won. Never made an all-star team. And the reasons why certain Tigers fans were excited about a possible reunion just drove me absolutely nuts. Hey, you know, you get an innings eater, whatever. If this was three years ago, and they were still looking for Mike Fires and Francisco Liriano, I'd be like, you know what, this makes some sense. We are in year five coming up on of this rebuild, and the idea of let's go out and sign a guy who's going to give you innings means nothing to me. Six innings, ten hits, five earned runs does nothing for me. That does exactly the same amount as what Ryan Carpenter could potentially give you every fifth day. So there were rumors circulating that the Tigers may be interested in a reunion. Then all of a sudden, a couple hours later, it was revealed that they had signed Julio Tehran to a minor league deal. I don't know exactly what the specifics of that contract are, but I know it's a minor league deal, not a major league contract. And my reaction was initially, oh, okay, that's fine. And then I looked at what he did a season ago and, and went, oh, eh, maybe maybe it's not so fine. Now, I'll say this. Julio Tehran has had a very good career. I mean, he's probably he's had a better career than I thought. I mean, career record is 500, but a 3.81 career ERA. He's made it to two All-Star teams. He has a career WAR of 18.7 last year. You know, bumped him down quite a bit. He had a negative one WAR, but guy's been a good pitcher. He was good in Atlanta for a long time. He's only going to be 30 years old this season, and it's why it's why I'm I'm more okay with this signing than I was a potential Porcello signing because I think his his floor is probably low. But the possibility of Julio Tehran returning to, let's say, 2019 form, where he went 10-11 and 11 with a 3.81 ERA, is so much higher 
than the possibility of Rick Porcello turning back the clock four years and becoming what he was in in 2016, 2018. It's a minor league deal, which is interesting to me because if you sign a guy to a major league contract, I think symbolically you're saying we want you to be on the opening day roster. You sign Tehran to a minor league deal, it implies that he's going to have to fight for a roster position, which is Oh, I'm okay with. I'm I'm fine with some friendly competition. I also think that it increases the possibility between Mize Manning and Scooball of seeing two of those guys on the opening day roster as opposed to just one. My my theory, and it's it's holding more and more weight every single day, is that Mize and Scooball are going to fight for that final rotation spot, and eventually if Urania gets injured or somebody gets traded or someone's just awful and gets released, the other guy will get called up. But I, I think that... Mize, Manning, Scooball, and Tehran will kind of fight for two of, of those final rotation spots. And again, I have no problem with that. I would still be surprised if two of those those young rookies start the year on the Major League roster. I do think that Tehran will fill that kind of number five spot in the rotation. Now, there are issues with his game. His numbers last year were abysmal. I, I forgot how bad he was. I mean, I don't watch the Angels a lot because they're not fun to watch at all outside of Mike Trout, but he was one of the worst pitchers in baseball in, in limited sample size a season ago, 0 for 4 with a 10-0-5 ERA. It's also worth noting that basically every pitcher that the Los Angeles Angels have touched outside of, you know, eight starts of, of Dylan Bundy a year ago has been pretty darn awful. They haven't had an ace since Garrett Richards was dealing back in 2014, and Mickey Calloway was their pitching coach, and with each passing moment, not only is he revealed to be a kind of garbage as a human being, but a potentially pretty overrated as a pitching coach as well. Get the opportunity to see what Chris Fetter is able to do with Julio Tehran. It could lead to something relatively passable. I'm not saying he's going to be great or even good, but like I said, I think his ceiling is probably a little bit higher than, say, Rick Porcello or Cole Hamels, who's still available on the free agent market, may have been. It's it's very frustrating to me, and with each of these signings, it's like, I, I don't get mad at any of the players. Like, it's in the player's best interest to sign a deal and, and get the most money they can. I have no problem with it, but it speaks to some of the issues that have plagued this organization for the last several years, which is the indecisiveness. And I was in an argument, it wasn't really an argument, but it was it was a back and forth with somebody uh, in, in DMs over, over, the, over the week where somebody said, you know, why are you mad at the Tigers right now when the free agent market for pitchers is very thin? Well, yes, it's thin now. The, the offseason began in early November, and in the first week of November, there were rumors about the Tigers potentially targeting Taewon Walker. And I'm like, all right. That might be a pretty good deal. He's since signed with the Mets, but the Tigers have since watched, and they've done this a lot, a whole lot over the last several years. The Tigers have since watched as every other possible free agent signing in terms of a starting pitcher is concerned has gone to other teams. Now, look, maybe they reached out to some of these guys. I kind of doubt it, but, you know, you saw some other pitchers like Robbie Ray or James Paxton or Taewon Walker, guys who I would have been fine seeing sign here, you know, go to the wayside, sign with other teams, and then you're left with, you know, table scraps with your Derek Hollins and your Julio Tehrans of the world. That's where I get frustrated. I I think there's a serious lack of aggression coming from this front office, and I felt that way for a while. Now, a big reason for that is the cheapness of ownership. You know, it's not going to be a very enticing place to play if you're only offering one-year deals and minor league contracts. I understand that, but when Dombrowski was here, a different circumstance, they were in win-now mode, but hey, let's just throw it out to 2004, right, when they signed Pudge or when they went out and traded for Guillen and got Polanco. Like, that was a very aggressive 
front office. That was a very aggressive GM with each move doing everything he could to improve the team's standing. I'm not getting that out of the front office right now. You're seeing the same caliber of bargain bin signings that we've seen over the last several years. And yes, at this moment in late February, the market for starting pitching is pretty thin. They also had three other months to try to do something more and they did nothing. And that's where I get really frustrated. So that'll do it for segment number one. When I do return I want to talk about Miguel Cabrera. Like I said, there was some back and forth on social media over the week of people complaining that some of the criticism for Miguel Cabrera has maybe been unfair or unjust. We're going to talk about that when we get back. We are rapidly approaching March Madness. My Michigan Wolverines still remain atop the Big Ten standings, and Bet Online has you covered for everything. We're talking real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Has you covered for all the news, all the scores. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Get more of the news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts a breakdown of the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back, everybody. So I wanted to talk about this, and I guess it's fitting. Spring training's beginning. You know, the big spring training articles that you always see. Miguel Cabrera's in the best shape of his life, yada, yada, yada. And I, I saw a back and forth on Twitter, and I'm not going to say who this person was, and I like them quite a bit. I saw a lot of people that I like chiming in. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to start anything because I don't want to be back on social media and it's not that important to me, but I've seen some people say that Tigers fans have been unfair or unappreciative in regards to their criticism of Miguel Cabrera as a player. And I wanted to discuss this because look, it's it's fair to say that Miguel Cabrera is very much in the twilight of his career and has been for some time. I haven't seen, and maybe I've missed something, like I said, I'm not as active on social media as I used to be. I don't think I've seen many fans that have outright said that he's a bust or his career's a bust or that, you know, he's awful and was never good. Like if you don't think that Miguel Cabrera wasn't one of the greatest hitters of all time in his prime, then you are absolutely outside of your mind. You need to get your head checked. It's as simple as that. I haven't seen a ton of that, though. I think a majority of the criticism for him has been pretty fair. Now, one one piece of criticism that I think isn't isn't legit, that I, I don't think is, is fair to complain about, is the contract. I don't think it's ever fair to blame a player for signing a contract. Jordan Zimmerman was one of the worst pitchers 
that this, really, one of the worst every fifth day starting pitchers that this organization has ever seen for an extended period of time. Outside of an amazing first month in April 2016, he was absolute trash. And that contract is, in my opinion, the worst in the history of Detroit sports, period. But through it all, through my contempt of him, which it was admittedly, you know, in a day in 17, 18, very over the top, I never was mad at, at him for signing the contract. I was mad at the organization for handing out that contract, but, you know, these players got to do what's best for them financially, and I don't care how self-righteous someone may claim to be. If somebody puts five years, $125 million, or somebody hands you, what what was it for Miggy, an eight-year, ten-year extension, you, you take it. No questions asked, because it's best for you, it's best for your, your current situation, and it's best for your family, period. So I think to complain about Miguel Cabrera uh, because of the contract is unfair. Now, if you want to say he's underperformed that contract, yeah, that's that's fair. Absolutely. It's, it's a weird point that a lot of athletes reach, because even some of the best athletes in the world very rarely ever go out uh, at their best. You know, it's very rare you have a David Ortiz who put up a, a, a thousand OPS his final season in the major leagues. Now, Willie Mays played for the Mets. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. was a white sock near the end of his career. This is kind of just the natural circle of life in terms of being an athlete. Albert Pujols is one of the greatest hitters of all time. Albert Pujols is like awful now. Like he's got like a 600 something OPS. All he does is ground into double plays. He can't play the field. He's incredibly slow. The bat speed isn't what he used to be. Yeah, he can still catch up to a fastball, but he's not he's not where he used to be. He's he's a hindrance in that lineup. Still means he's one of the greatest hitters of all time. He's an absolute machine, probably a top 5 hitter you could argue in the history of the game, but over the last 4 or 5 years he hasn't been as good. It's it's the same thing with Miggy. I, I I don't think this organization and this fan base has underappreciated Miguel Cabrera. I mean, he was God here. He was the king. Everybody loved him. Everybody thought he was amazing, and he was. Dude won a triple crown. The guy had a prime of about 12 years, 13 years, really. I'm looking at his baseball reference right now. From 2004 to 2016, him and Pujols were neck and neck in terms of who the best hitter in baseball was. Now, Miggy had two seasons in 2012 and 2013 where there was nobody better, and we'll just say it. I don't think we're ever going to see anyone be better in our lifetimes than what Miggy did those two seasons. And yes, I know we're excited to see Riley Green here and Torkelson, but those are lofty expectations. They'll never be what Miggy was. I think as a fan base, we acknowledge all of that. We're aware of what he was able to do here. The guy won two MVPs. He was in the All-Star game every single season. He's got a career war of almost 70. It would be much higher, but he bit the bullet and moved to third base. His war took a hit because of that, and that's why I still to this day contend he deserved those two MVPs because there is no advanced analytic. There's no metric for a player sacrificing his numbers in order to move to third base to make way for a Prince Fielder who at the time was an absolute masher. I think we're incredibly appreciative of what Miguel Cabrera has done, but Miguel Cabrera, much like any athlete in the world, is not infallible. He's not immune to criticism, and right now he's he's a zero-war kind of player, to be completely honest with you. He had a zero-war a season ago, negative .1 in 2019, and a 0.4-war in only 38 games in 2018. He's struggled a bit. The power is way down. Bads of ball skills are way down. The average is way down. The OPS is way down. It's fair to criticize that. It's fair to be angry and be frustrated as to why they keep batting him third in the lineup when he's not a, really a number three hitter anymore. Now, I'm not self-righteous enough to say, well, you know what? If you respected the fan base and the organization, he'd retire now. No, screw that. Go ahead and get paid, buddy. You've had an amazing career. Do what you got to do. I'm not mad at him. It's frustrating 
because I think uh, that they're going to claim that that contract is holding him back. It's not. And I think in, in, in that way, the organization is actually doing him a disservice by acting like he's holding him down. That contract is holding him down when it's not. They could go out and spend as much money as they want. I, I think in a weird way, you know who it's comparable to? If we're talking a local sports, what Miguel Cabrera is going through right now and, and the criticism he's facing, it's similar to Mark D'Antonio his final few years at Michigan State. Now, the heights that Miguel Cabrera reached as a player are probably higher than the heights that Mark D'Antonio reached as a coach, but Mark D'Antonio took over a program that was in shambles, right? Took them to places that places that they hadn't been before. For a three-year stretch, they were a top-five program in the country, and guess what? His last few years, he failed to adapt. Some of the coordinator hires and, and rearranging was very odd, and, and it was a hindrance for them, and he didn't get a chance to ride off into the sunset, but guess what? When they have fans back and Mark D'Antonio gets welcomed back to, to Spartan Stadium, that dude's going to get a massive ovation. It's the same with Miggy. There will be that kind of sour taste in our mouths knowing that Miguel Cabrera's last I mean, it'll end up being like six, seven years in Detroit. We're pretty lackluster. But he's still one of the greatest players in the history of the organization. He's still a first ballot Hall of Famer. And yes, it will be cool seeing him reach 500 home runs, seeing him get to 3,000 hits. We live in a very what-have-you-done-for-me-lately society, especially in sports. We always have. But I think it's fair to ask what-have-you-done-for-me-lately while also acknowledging what a player did before, you know, they... they hit a roadblock, and that's what that's what happened with Miggy. You know, the injuries have gotten in the way, hit a roadblock, and he hasn't been the same. It's really disappointing. I'll love him forever. He's one of my favorite Tigers of all time. And, and this will be the last point I'm, I'll make because I'm, I'm probably rambling a little bit with this. In fact, I, I'm sure I am. It would be fair to criticize him if we felt like he wasn't putting in the effort to be great again. Because yes, you can't blame a player for signing a contract, but I do think that when a player signs a contract, he makes an agreement that he's going to give full 100% effort to be the best player that he can be. Miguel Cabrera has, and yes, he's fallen off, and the injuries have absolutely derailed his career, but Miguel Cabrera's never shown up to camp overweight. He's never been out of shape. He's done everything he can to improve himself as a player. It's just the, the tools aren't there anymore because of the injuries. Pablo Sandoval is the antithesis of that, where Pablo Sandoval signed a billion-dollar contract with the Red Sox, came to camp on several different occasions, completely out of shape, and at one point, and Jared Carabas, I think, told this story, I believe it might have been on the Section 10 podcast, was taken out of a game for dehydration because he was drinking Diet Coke in the dugout. Like, that's that's an example of a guy who you absolutely can criticize for not giving a full effort. If I felt like Miggy had stopped trying, yeah, I'd come on here and say, I, I think he's, he's toast. I don't think he's giving his all to the organization anymore. I haven't gotten that feeling whatsoever. But it's it's not bullish or mean to admit that he's well past his expiration date. Now, with that said, they could still be competing. That They're going to use the contract as an excuse. This team could be good if they wanted to. They've just chosen not to be because they have a cheap owner. But I've, I've driven that point into the ground a million times already. So that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers while you're at it. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go to iTunes. Leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. We've gotten a bunch lately, and I really appreciate it. All your kind words. I believe that the show is getting better. I, I truly do believe that. Next episode will mark the one-year anniversary in which I've been on Locked On, and I'm going to discuss that at length uh, when we get to that point on Wednesday's show. So I appreciate all of you sticking with me. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.